So Labor Day is confusing. Now, this brief video that you just watched does have a quick description, but the holiday does, the holiday does seem to be a little bit nebulous, even so. Labor Day celebrates our work with a day that involves as little work as possible. <laughs> Labor Day doesn't have a section in the greeting card aisle. Flowers aren't given for Labor Day. There are no flags or decorations for the house for Labor Day. There is a boon in resorts and tourist attractions. There are some established facts and practices associated with Labor Day. Beside it being the first Monday in September to celebrate the social and economic achievements of American workers, Labor Day does mark the official end of hot dog eating season. Did you know that? According to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, hot dog season runs from Memorial Day until Labor Day, where Americans consume 818 hot dogs every second. Or 7 billion hot dogs from the end of May to the first part of September. Tomorrow, 102 million Americans will likely have a cookout. The first premium dining eating establishment had its opening in 1955 on Labor Day. Do you know what premium, premium eating establishment that was? Waffle House. <laughs> Labor Day marks the closing of public schools and women wearing white. You got in your last day. Those of you who are in white can't do it after this weekend. I suppose that part of the confusion about Labor Day comes from the word itself, labor. For many, it's a word of chore and drudgery, effect, energy, strive, struggle, exertion, grind, job, plod, strain, toil, trouble, wrestle. Not everyone's work experience or place of work is altogether positive. Let me give you an example. A guy was up in a hot air balloon, and he realized that he was lost. So he reduced his altitude a bit until he got within earshot of a person below, which happened to be a woman. And so he called down to her, and he said, excuse me, can you help me? I promised a friend I would meet him an hour ago, but I don't know where I am. And she looked up at the man in the basket and under the balloon, and she said, well, you're in a hot air balloon hovering approximately 30 feet above the ground. You're between 40 and 41 degrees north latitude and between 59 and 60 degrees west longitude. And he said, ma'am, you must be an engineer. And she said, I am. How did you know? And he said, well, everything you just told me is technically correct, but I have no idea what to make of your information. And the fact is, I'm still lost. And frankly, You've not been much help at all. If anything, you've delayed my trip. And she responded by saying, you must be in management. And he said, I am. How did you know? And she said, well, you don't know where you're going. You have risen to where you are due to a large quantity of hot air. You're, you made a promise which you have no idea how to keep, and you expect people beneath you to solve your problems. The fact is, you are in exactly the same position you were before we met, but somehow it's my fault. Not everyone's work experience or place of work is altogether positive. 
But our work, our labor, wasn't designed to be that way in the beginning before the fall. Holy Scripture explains in detail God's creative design on what it means to work. Look again at Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. We were designed to work. And your different translations and paraphrases on that phrase, to work and take care of it, will say to cultivate and keep, to care and look after, to guard, to keep in order, to tend and watch over. In fact, the phrase to work the land in Hebrews, in Hebrew has a number of meanings. One is to serve. Another is to minister. There's also a meaning in this word that actually means to worship. Interesting, isn't it? Many meanings behind this Hebrew idea of working. Work was designed to be a blessing, a way to bring honor to God. Work was designed to provide challenges, excitement, adventure, fulfillment. Look at God's wisdom literature on work from Ecclesiastes. This is what I've observed to be good that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Labor is to be a blessing. Bill Hybels, the pastor of the Willow Creek Church up in uh, Chicago, said, human labor was designed by God assigned to every one of us, and offered as an opportunity to build confidence, develop character, and enjoy the satisfaction of accomplishment. Does that sound like a curse? Well, no, it wasn't designed as a curse. And we all have work to accomplish, don't we? I mean, we work to provide for our families, and we work to protect for our future, and we work to plan for fun times, and we work for God in his kingdom, God actually says, look at this in Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And God's word also says, in all the work you are doing, work the best you can. Work as though you were doing it for the Lord, not for people. You are serving the Lord Christ. And think about this personally in this congregation we've been given the privilege and opportunity to work together to labor together in this outreach this outpost this effort to try to find people who haven't yet met him and to come closer to him with us think of the journey that we've been on in 2011 a small group of about 15 people met to plant City Point Church in northwest Arkansas where the state's population continues to explode. What started in a living room soon moved to a basement campus house at U of A. A launch team formed in 2012 and began gearing up for a grand opening on the second Sunday in September our church birthday, which is what Nathan just said in the video this next coming Sunday in seven days, and we will celebrate. We met in a warehouse for the next six months until we found a larger space in a strip mall 
in Farmington. In 2013, we built a stage, renovated that storefront into a lobby, one office, one classroom, one nursery, and people from the area began to join. When we went from 50 to 100. When the rent went up in 2015, well, we knew it was time to move. And a building became available on Mission Boulevard, so we moved from the west in Farmington to the east in Fayetteville. Five wonderful years were spent there, and we grew from 100 to about 165. In 2020, as you know, the pandemic hit. Everything was shut down. With the future unknown, we chose not to re-sign our lease at that place, but we had to put everything in storage. But where? Well, Robin Phillips' brother gave us a warehouse that was 25 feet by 100 feet and stood about three stories tall. So we were able to store all of the church assets there free of charge. We put what we were paying for monthly rent into savings and CPC Online Church was born in that warehouse. A couple of blessings came out of that. Our savings and building funds began to grow, and our online ministry started out by necessity. And once a month, we had pop-up church in parks and in homes. Mount Sequoia at Clap Auditorium at Beaver Lake. The Apollo Theater. Leaders' meetings were put on Zoom, and in-person meetings were small. But the Lord above sustained us below. He kept us connected. And having the pandemic hit was kind of like when a tornado strikes. It's hard to trust going back out right away. After being shut in, once the storm or the virus has passed over, there's a hesitancy to venture back out. So we felt that after COVID-19. Do we start up again? Do we remain in the coziness of our homes? Is the storm really over? Is it safe to get back out? Well, let me tell you, the CPC building committee formed, and they broke us out of our storm shelter. They forged ahead believing the pandemic restrictions would eventually lift. And after searching and praying and meeting week after week for over a year, in 2021, the Lord led them to this building you're sitting in today. It was affordable with half of it newly renovated and the other half where we're sitting right now needing to be changed into a lobby and a sanctuary. In 2022, we began meeting in the Kid City Donut area. 33 people showed up on that first Sunday. Interestingly, our launch team 10 years earlier was 33 people. A remnant remained, and God was beginning a new start. We outgrew the Kid City Donut room, and there was more work to do than I could get done. We needed to move into this area today, but my renovation skills are equal to my ballet skills. Let me demonstrate. No, I won't put you through that. Oh, seriously. I mean, everybody's got limits, and mine's happen to be, mine happens to be renovating buildings and dancing to the nutcracker in ballet slippers. I can't do it. And as most of you recall, one year ago, the Lord placed it on Nathan's heart 
to step into full-time church work, leaving his career behind as a physicist and math instructor. And last year on this date, we were $14,000 short of being able to pay his salary. But on the Sunday we announced that, a non-member living in another city was tuned in to CPC's online live stream, and he was moved and ended up writing and mailing the check immediately to cover that $14,000 deficit. Only God. With Nathan's background in construction, he and our own Tony Giardino headed up the demolition and temporary renovation of this area that we're now in, but we quickly outgrew it, and more walls needed to come down and switch the stage so that we could arrange for more seating. And that's where we've been for the last four months where you're sitting right now. Nathan organized people and crews to move our assets out of storage. He started the youth intern program, trained six new leaders for our youth and young adults. He and Molly oversee the education program, newborn through young adult. One youth program, our, I should say, our youth program this last summer has grown such that we were able to send more kids to summer Christian summer camps in 2023 than we've ever sent before. In fact, during this last year, we've had more baptisms than the previous three years combined. Okay, I've, I've shared where we've been in this glorious labor. Now, where I believe we're going, where we are right now. There, well, I've got some good news and I've got some more good news. So I'll start with the good news. We have close to 250 members. Sunday morning in-person attendance is larger than our pre-pandemic numbers when you add in our online viewers, which gives us over 250 every week. If everyone showed up on the same Sunday gathering, we couldn't fit everybody in. So the demolition of this west side of the building is inevitable to make way for the new auditorium. And as of this week, the architect is completing our revised plans, and we are just about ready to begin. The plans are for a slightly larger size and ceiling as the sanctuary that we enjoyed on Mission Boulevard. It will have room for all of our in-person and online members with even more room to grow. The plan Tony and his company have in mind is that the demolition would start by tearing down the second story and our back portion of this west side of the building, possibly allowing us to stay here for a few more Sundays until eventually we'll stop meeting in here so it can be torn down, but that may buy us a little bit of time. Then what? Well, if the city allows us to keep our Sunday morning gatherings, we will forego our kids' city program temporarily while we meet perhaps back in the Kid City Donut area, or if any of you know a place where we could meet on Sunday mornings free, no charge, please put your feeler out there, put your ear to the ground, and let's see if we can find that spot while we go through this demolition and construction. Now, we can also go back to pop-up church for a bit, meeting in parks and homes or online, but that's where we sit right now on the cusp of terrific changes. And if I've learned anything about this body of believers is that you are a flexible, adventuresome bunch that sticks together no matter what. Thank you, Lord. 
We also, at the end, we've come to the end of Nathan's contract again. He has worked diligently here for 12 months, and so the question is, does he want to continue? And I got to tell you, after working day in, day out with me for 12 months, I was a little nervous to ask him. I told you there was more good news. Nathan does want to continue in this journey God has called him to here at CPC. Amen, amen, amen. So thankful. So where are we going? Well, we need to be all in on the decisions for our future. Our vision is to love, serve, and multiply. We've talked about this. What does that look like where we are and in northwest Arkansas and beyond? Well, love, we want to love the Lord and others as we love ourselves. Do you want to get to know one another better and better love one another? Then getting involved in one of our other activities will be very helpful. Our small groups, we've got uptown and midtown and downtown and women's group and men's group, and some meet this week and some wait two more weeks, and then they meet again, and then some meet every once in a while, and women's meet twice a month, and men meet three times a month. It's very, very confusing, but you can find a group. You can find a group, and you can call up here anytime, and you can figure out, okay, who's meeting this Sunday and when, what's going on. Loving God and others happens when we meet and study together and gather together. Practice hospitality, share meals, invite people over to your house for a game night. Love. Love. And what about serve? Well, we, we want to serve the Lord, and we want to serve one another, and we want to serve our community. And you have neighbors, and you have co-workers, and you have classmates, people perhaps that might be hurting or sick or lonely or widowed or orphaned. Notice them and look for ways to serve them. It might be that you just go mow their lawn, and you don't even tell them you're doing it. Do it while they're away. It might be that you cook a meal for them, or you offer them, you'll run an errand for them, or maybe you give them a ride. Our code drive is coming up next week. You could contact your different family members and say, hey, we're trying to figure out a way to keep Fayetteville and Springdale and Northwest Arkansas warm this winter. Can you give us some old coats? We'll bring those down. We'll collect them all through the month of October. And what about signing up to serve on our tech crew or be in the rotation to run a camera or maybe change the slides on the computer. Join the weekly cleaning crew. Aren't there places where you could, where you could jump in and serve, serve and multiply? If we're to continue to multiply, we'll need to finish this building project. So are you willing to swing a sledgehammer and maybe hang some sheetrock or paint a wall. We'll have some different ways for you to volunteer. And if you can't give time, well, maybe you could donate to some of these various service areas. We're currently in the process of restoring our needs wish list for our ongoing information. Maybe you feel you need to be more active in praying, maybe even more regular in praying for some of the things that are going on here. All you've got to do is set a daily alarm on your phone that just triggers that memory. You can even start a list in your notes in your phone. Just whip through those things. Have a daily time where you're just praying. Multiply, <coughs> multiplying involves mentoring also. Maybe teaching or assisting a teacher or, or volunteering in Kid City with crafts or, or with a story time. Maybe you're interested in interning as a student ministry leader maybe becoming involved in our worship and music ministry. 
There's lots of ways. Serve. Let, let, let's serve. And then finally, Nathan's commitment to stay, I was made aware by our CFO that we are in the same place we were exactly one year ago. We are $14,000 short of being able to pay his salary for the rest of the year. And, you know, I was just thinking about this. Have you noticed how the Lord always pays for that which he delivers? He always does. If he delivers it, he'll pay for it. If he asks you to walk through a great sea, he'll part the waters to make it possible, just like he did with Moses and the Israelites. And if he asks for you to pay taxes or tithes, he'll make the money appear sometime in the mouth of a fish, just like he did with Peter. And if he asks you to feed someone in need and your jars of oil are empty, he can fill every one of them up overnight without an explanation, just like he did the widow at Zarephath. And if he asks you to make your enemy's walls fall down and all you've got is a little trumpet, well, blow on that little trumpet and watch God do his thing. And if he asks you to have children, I know this one to be true personally. He'll feed, clothe, and educate every one of them as only the Lord can. If we believe he is asking us to build an auditorium where we can keep loving, serving, and multiplying, he will provide the way. He will provide the funds. He will provide the demolition crews. He will provide the construction companies. He'll do it. If God is asking us to keep Nathan on full time, he'll provide the 14000 between now and the end of the year. Shoot, all the money belongs to him anyway, doesn't it? <laughs> Cattle on a thousand hills. And if you ask him what your part is in the future of City Point, just be willing to listen. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. Wasn't that his reminder to David? Unless... The Lord builds the house. The builders labor in vain. It's a good thing for us to remember this Labor Day. Remember that our labor is useless if we fail to realize that everything we do is for Him and for His glory, for His purposes. People, this just isn't a time for us to sit back and fold our hands. It's not a time to be quiet. We mustn't hide this light that's just burning to shine out in every one of us. There's a hurting world outside our window. So let's love and serve them that the Lord's kingdom might multiply. Let's pray. Father, I'm not sure exactly the meaning behind Labor Day. It looks like President Cleveland was trying to kind of quiet the nation after those 30 people were murdered. What I, won't, I do know is that the work that you've designed for us to do is to bring you honor. And there's an adventure, adventuresome fulfillment about it. That our work doesn't need to be defined since the fall. It can still be defined in you. And I pray, Father, as we sing this song, we will just remember that time is short. We've got a little bit left in what lives we're living that we might just give and do for you to be honored. Not in an effort to position ourselves with you. Father, we're positioned with you because of Jesus. His righteousness, as Peter said this morning, his righteousness has been made known. 
That's why we remember your body and blood. You're the one that got us right with you. And in response to that, we labor in thankfulness and love. Hear our hearts, Father. We want to we line up with the words in this song. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, church, let's stand. Let's sing.